Hey guys, welcome back to City Lights Podcast. Um, this week's episode is called Fallen But Not Forsaken. And um, we had Ariana, um, who is a member of our youth and of our church, uh, come on and she um, talked through her struggles and, and through her battle with addiction to pornography and how um, the Lord Jesus has saved her from that and that she's able to walk freely and it's just an encouraging podcast to those who may be stuck in that sin or those who have battled with that to see that there is freedom and there is liberty in Christ. And that is the only answer for for any sin, any addiction. So if you guys are dealing with that or you need some encouragement, we encourage you guys to come listen to this podcast today. And we, um, you know, we pray that the, everything that we said gives you encouragement and leads you to Christ because that is the only you know source of hope through that. Um, and we encourage you guys, anybody who has testimonies, to reach out to us, and we would love to have you guys on. Hey guys, welcome back to City Lights Podcast. Um, it's Victor and Victor, and we have our special guest with us, Ariana. Um, I feel like it's been a while since I've been on here, so it's it's good to be back. But um, Victor, you want to say what's up? Hey guys, uh, how's it going? And then also Ariana. Hello. Um, Ariana, why don't you introduce yourself, how long you've been coming to this church, and, um, you know. So, my name is Ariana Saravich. Um, I think I joined this church, it was in 2018, I think I was like 12 or 13 years old, and since then, I've just been growing um, in my love for Christ. I'm in the youth now, I'm a leader, I teach Sunday school, and then I work a lot with um, teens and kids. Yeah, that's amazing, um, and then... What kind of, I know you came up to us and you wanted to share, which we love that, and we encourage everyone who's listening, if you guys have something on your heart to share, have a story, a testimony, something that you feel like God is is um, encouraging you to go in and, you know, speak to people, this is a great way to do it. You know, it's, you're kind of um, hidden behind a microphone, and if you're not, you know, as, as a good of a public speaker, you can come on here and it's much easier to express your voice. Um, and reach a lot of people, even though you know you're not in front of a lot of people. So, um, we encourage you guys and anyone who wants to come on and, and share a story. We'd we'd love to hear it. But Ariana, um, what kind of brought you to, um, you know, to led you to to come and ask us to be on this uh, podcast? So um, this past Monday on February 13th, we had our not Valentine's Day service. And we had a Q&A, and then after our Q&A, um, Vova Popowski, um shared just like a short word to wrap everything up. And there was one question that was asked, and it was, what do you do if you've compromised your purity? And for those who don't know, I um, struggled with addiction to pornography, and this was a testimony that I shared at TBS. And Vova was just saying that Many times our greatest weakness is our biggest ministry. And this was definitely something that God put on my heart because I know a lot of girls especially and boys who um, do struggle with pornography or have at some point in their life. And it's a very taboo and a hidden and not talked about thing, especially in our Slavic culture. So I just felt like I was praying. I was like, Lord, I was like, I know you gave me boldness. You gave me this personality for a reason. And you've taken away my shame on this topic where I'm able to speak about it freely. So just use me. And then the Lord just put on my heart. Then go on the podcast and share your testimony. 
Yeah. And so then from that, I went up to Victor Lukomsi and was like, hey, can I share my testimony? And it was so nerve wracking, but I'm glad that I'm here. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and we're so glad you came because um, like you were saying, that's a topic that, um, you know, growing up, especially for me, just I don't know if it was just during my time, it was like I, I don't I can't remember one time where it was actually talked about is not that it maybe was avoided. It was just kind of maybe not seen as something that, um, you know, we talk about or, you know, maybe people didn't see the problem. But especially nowadays growing up, everyone has a phone and the world is is pushing so much um, demonic, like unpure un things and demonic sexuality and all these different things and pushing it into the normal spectrum that we see every single day and saying this is normal and this is good and you should do this and it's it's fine and, and it's just becoming wickedness is becoming reality and it's becoming um normalized you know and i think the more and more as time goes on it's not going to get any better and i think more and more we have to attack it more and more and not just keep it you know sheltered yeah and it's creeping into the church too it's not even like you know this is something that's from the world but it's all over the place like I remember maybe it was this was probably a couple months ago. I think it was actually on this podcast where Alex Krochuk, he shared a statistic about, you know, uh, pastors and like leaders of churches and, and how it was some crazy percentage. I don't want to misquote it right now, but it was probably above 50 percent admitted to, you know, watching porn or to having, you know, s sexual thoughts in the ministry during their, their ministry. And that's just like mind blowing of how. Mm -hmm. this you know filth has been able to come into even the church like we think we see the church and this could be even a reason why it's not talked about in the church as a, you know a holy place where you know evil can't possibly be like you know this is the church this is god's house how could evil find itself here but if you look at it you know who, what is the church filled with it's filled with young people it's filled with people who might not be a hundred percent you know serious about the lord and it's exactly those kind of people that Satan can come in and, and take hold of their life, where they have now one foot in the church, but now one foot who knows where, and it's like this double life that they're trying to live. Yeah, and I think it's a vulnerable position for many people in a vulnerable place for so many people, and it's a sin that is so um, so easily hidden because it's within the mind, you know, it's within your thoughts, it's within your own you know, personal time and you're in your like away time and when you're alone and that's when, you know, the majority of that sin is, is committed. So it's so easy to hide. And, and, you know, a lot of parents are not able to see it. A lot of, you know, pastors and, and, and other people in, in, in churches, you know, they're not able to see it and many people are able to hide it, you know. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's something that really encouraged me to share my testimony because during TBS, I was um, a leader. I led um, the sports, and there was a prophecy um, one of the Sunday services. I think it was a night service, and it was a prophecy about how addiction was just taking over the teens, mm -hmm. and I knew, like, in that moment, like, the Lord has been, was preparing me, like, months before to share this testimony, and then when I heard that, my heart just broke and I just started bawling my eyes out because I knew exactly what these teens were going through and I knew that there was a way out and I knew that I was the ex like I was God can use me as an example that you're never too far away from God you're never too wicked to be saved and that is a big part of my testimony is God's faithfulness during my wickedness because for me 
Um, I think I was very young when I started and a big thing is that it started with books for me. I started reading like romance books when I was like nine and from that that's where it led and I know a lot of girls especially are very caught up in like romance books like I've seen Colleen Hoover books just like posted everywhere especially in the church and it's like so saddening to me and um, from that I I guess my like perception of love was Mm -hmm. very tainted because I substituted love for lust and I thought that if somebody lusted after you if people didn't lust after you then they didn't love you and then from that I didn't really allow I didn't understand what love was because I do come from a broken home and I didn't really experience it but um and so when God showed his love to me I was like this can't be true this, this is no way that this is true because everything the world has told me, everything my family has told me, everything that I just knew about love was not at all what God was showing me. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of pushed him away and then I like delved deeper into my sin. But then all throughout that time where I was pushing God away, he didn't move. He didn't budge. He was continuously like pursuing after me and his faithfulness was most seen in his rebuke towards me Mm -hmm. because i remember sitting in the church and just being like wow i'm such a fraud like i'm such a fake Mm -hmm. it's like i'm preaching like god and i'm like praising him here but then once the lights turn off i'm a completely different person and um that was really how like god transformed me is through like his conviction towards me and through his rebuke but it wasn't until I surrendered my sin and my desires and like my life to the Lord completely that that's when he transformed me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was going to ask a question of, you know, where did it, how did it creep into your life? And you, and you, you answer that right away. Um, and it w- it's really interesting to me that, you know, it started from something like a book. I would have never guessed that, you know, um, because, um, you know, it's a book and how harmless can a book be? You know, it's just words on a page. And it just shows how crafty the devil is. And it's, you know, starting at a young age, you know, the devil doesn't give anybody breaks. As young as young as he can get, as, as early as he can get, as, you know, any time he has a chance to slip in, he's going to slip in. It doesn't matter. And um, nobody's like, nobody's safe or nobody's, oh, he's just a kid. It's fine. The devil is crafty and he gets into uh, people's heads and he gets into their lives in, in very, you know, ways that we can never imagine. Yeah. And... Even thinking about it, books wasn't even the first thing. You always hear like sin is a snowball effect. It's like the tiniest thing. It will grow and grow and grow. With me, I think it started with movies. I remember, you know, the movie Mamma Mia. Like there was a bunch of like sexual innuendos in there. And in a bunch of other movies, there's just so many like innuendos or sexual references. Or you just see people like fornicating on the screen or like, like doing adultery on the screen. And as a kid like that really sticks with you Mm -hmm. like I still even like remember like the first time like I like saw a movie and like there was a couple like fornicating on the screen and um and like it's always like said like your eye is the window to your soul Mm -hmm. it says I think it's like Luke 635 it talks about for whatever you take in will flow from your heart yeah and um and then from that it went to video games because like video games everything is so sexualized on video games 
and then from that it went to books and then the more that I like desired the sin like the more I did the sin the more I desired Mm -hmm. more and so like that wasn't enough for me and so then I just kept continuing and like praise God I never went like too crazy but Mm -hmm. um but he like saved me like almost right at the perfect moment like no right at the perfect moment like he should reveal himself to me because a year later I honestly would say that I probably wouldn't even be here yeah and that's amazing and um and like you were saying before and it started from the movies and all the new movies coming out like every single one of them there's not I don't think there's a movie that's not coming out right now that that doesn't have a, a sexualized scene in there and it's crazy because that's normal now it's like to 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 have a movie without a scene like that is like whoa like wow it didn't have like um and i think it's so important to um as christians to to really think about okay i'm watching this movie and it has these things should i step away and a lot of times we you know we try to think like oh how close can i get to the fire without being burned you know how close can i get to this and make all these little thoughts and excuses in our heads like oh it's just this it's just that but at the end of the day it's bringing you closer to your sin and away from God, you know, and I think it's so important as Christians to discern from from that. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point how you made, like, how as Christians, we're not called to try and test the waters, if you can get the analogy. We're not called to see how close to sin we should get. That mm-hmm. should be even on our minds. What should be on our minds is how close to God can we get? How much closer to Him, you know, can we possibly become? It's because when we're actively working towards God and we're actively trying to seek after him then all everything else just fades away you know that's why we're called changed and we're called renewed because God he gives us a new heart and actually that's kind of where I wanted to get into we kind of heard a little bit of how you know this all started and it's a very common you know start for a lot of a lot of people but there's still so many people out there who are still stuck in that mm-hmm. so can we just transition to how I guess you could say uh, God freed you from this sin. So when I was 12, that is when I was at such a desperate point that I had nowhere else to turn to than God. But I I didn't know who God was at all. So I was just taking a leap like, well, I have nothing. I have nothing left. So might as well just try it out. And then from that, God put me in that church, and he started to transform me. And it was during Tuesday Teens, Lily Burkowski, she taught a lesson on purity. And that was the first time I realized, I was like, I messed up. Like, I didn't even realize that this was a sin. I didn't even realize how bad it was. I didn't even, like, I couldn't comprehend what I was doing and what I had done. And then from that, it was just a trail of guilt and shame Mm -hmm because I never allowed Christ to forgive me Mm -hmm. for that. So I would always constantly go to like, like prayers of repentance. I was a repent for it. And because I knew it was wrong and I knew I shouldn't be doing it. But the thing that I was always forget is that Jesus Christ paid the sin, paid the price for my sin. And so it would always be like a back and forth of, okay, I would constantly rely on my works. I would be like, okay, Ariana, you have to stop. Okay, stop this. And so then it would be like two weeks or even like three, three weeks to a month of I'm completely fine. I'm not falling into temptation. I'm doing great by myself. Mm -hmm. And then I would fall 
And then I would feel so guilty. I would feel so dirty. I would feel so unclean. And I'd be like, Ariana, what's wrong with you? Like, this is why God doesn't love you. This is why you're not forgiven. This is why you're not freeing, why he's not freeing you. And then I would turn away from God. I would still be part of the church, but I wasn't seeking a relationship with God. And um, that just kept going until it was at youth camp. I'm not, maybe two years ago, um, Roman Lukomsky, he um, shared a sermon and he was talking about God breaking chains. And I just remember going. I, re- I remember that sermon. Awesome sermon. And I remember going up there and I was just like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And no matter what I do, it's not working. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've read the Bible every day. I've prayed every day. But what I was seeking after was not was not you. I was seeking after something else. And so then I was like, Lord, I like I'm done. I'm done trying. I can't do it by myself. So then I just surrender it, surrendered it to him. And then a few months go by and I'm fine. Nothing's going on. And then I fall again. And then it, it just kept doing that. And then I came to the realization that I was still not allowing God to forgive mm-hmm. me because of resentment that I had built up like towards myself, towards God, towards anybody and any anyone who has ever done me wrong. And so then I just started praying. I was just like, Lord, I was just like, I like truly actually need to surrender this to you. Mm-hmm. And so then I deleted all social media off. Anything that I knew could be a temptation to me, I, I got rid of it because that was something that I was still holding on to is that I still had that selfish desire of I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. And so then at that point, I was like, okay, anything that has the possibility to tempt me, like it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And then I started, um, I took baptism and then I was just like, okay, like this is like serious. Like, Lord, I want to live my life for you. And it was then I started seeking a relationship with God instead of I was reading my Bible or I was praying to him. Um, they were never spirit filled prayers. I was never like led by the Holy Spirit right. during like my um, when I was reading the Bible. I was just doing it so that I wouldn't fall into sin. But I was never doing it out of a love for God or a desire to get to know him. And so once I started actually focusing on building that relationship with God, that's when he began began to transform me. Mm-hmm. And then anytime like I was tempted since then, a problem was with me is that, if you're tempted and you entertain that thought, even for a second, if you're not feeding your spirit, you will fall. Yeah, and the, the Bible says, you know, uh, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's James 4, 7. And um, sorry if I can un- interrupt just for a you're moment. You're um, I, I, like, I like how you said that you started seeking a relationship with God. And I think that's the difference is, you know, um, a lot of times when people repent, they say, it was, it's so easy for them to give up their sin, their guilt, the shame, all the things that cause them pain in their heart. And they said, God, here's all this. And then with the rest of their life, they're like, fine, you know, I'm just going to keep on living how I am. Take that. Take that shit, sin and, and shame and guilt. Take that all away from me. But I'm just going to, you know, I'm the rest of my life is mine, you know. And we don't sacrifice the time. We don't sacrifice our, our whole entire lives and, and, you know, seek that relationship with God. And I, and I think that, um, you know, how, how you said you started seeking a relationship with Christ. And that's when, you know, you began to um, see, like, the, the change in your life and the freedom. And, that, and that's awesome. 
yeah definitely I think that's really because even like I was looking back I was like okay like what happened what was the change when I knew I needed to surrender myself to God but I never knew what that meant I thought okay I would pray like a prayer of repentance and I would say Lord I'm sorry for this I'm sorry for that and I was like and okay and now just don't go do it again and I thought I never truly meant what it I never truly understood what it meant to surrender your surrender it all down at like the feet of Jesus and then when I would I it was revealed to me when I started seeking relationship with God because once I started seeking relationship with God and Christ and reading his word and like seeking to get to know him and like and just wanting just to get closer to him and become more like him that's when I knew that that's what that meant to be surrendered to God is that I wanted absolutely nothing of my own mm-hmm. life. And yeah. I wanted it all to be for like God and all to be for Christ. And that was my surrenderance to God. It wasn't just like my addiction to porn. It was my whole entire life, my heart, my actions, my words, my thoughts. Yeah, amen. And and I think like, you know, the devil doesn't care if you feel bad for your sin, you know. He doesn't care if you, if you feel bad and it's like, oh man, I'm doing this wrong. As long as you're still stuck in there, he's ha- he got he has you right where you where he wants you. You know, he, um, he doesn't care like, you know that you you know it's you you keep on turning back and back and back and back. It doesn't care if oh I feel bad. This is what I, if you know what you're doing is wrong. But as long as you still continue to do it and you still like can't you know, able to forgive yourself and bring yourself to Jesus Christ and run to Jesus Christ. You hide in your sin and shame. The devil has you right where he wants you because you're, you're not running to Jesus and you're still in your sin, you know. And I think true repentance only comes when you, when you see the goodness of God because anybody can see their sin and say, this is, I'm doing this, is, this is wrong. But true repentance is when you look at God and say, Jesus, you're so good and um, I, what I'm doing is wrong, and all I all I can all I want to do is serve you now. You know, I'm done with doing that, and I see your goodness, and I'm chasing after you now. You know. Yeah, and I think another interesting thing too, just along that same line, is a lot of people. Honestly, I'm just speaking from my from my own uh, experience, and no matter what anyone else tells you, you're not alone, and that's something that's that's very important. That's kind of not what I wanted to say. Um, is a lot of people who are stuck in that kind of trap is they don't want to get freed. Well, they, they, you know, they might say the prayer of repentance because they might feel, you know, the Holy Spirit during a service or whatever. But ultimately, the problem is, is they don't find God Mm -hmm. more pleasing to them than the sin. You know, they trade the temporary pleasure of whatever sin, you know, can bring you for the ultimate pleasure the ultimate you know joy you know the best feeling that we could possibly feel with god and they're trading that up for this momentary thing and i think that's a really strong thing that we need to realize is that god is far more pleasurable than any sin could could cause us or could give us you know and it's a prayer that that i've always been praying in my heart and i still pray it to this day you know just be like, god i want you to be more pleasurable than the things of, that my eyes can see than mm-hmm. the things that you know my body can feel i want you to be my all my everything you know everything that i could possibly feel i want you to be all of it lord yeah and i i think like you know people can say like oh i've been to the altar 10 times already and i just keep on turning back it doesn't matter if you go a hundred times a thousand times it do, if you're going to the altar just because you feel bad for your sin and you feel you want that guilt that that you know that burden off your chest just that 
just feel good after that one prayer and then be like, okay, my, my guilt is gone. I'm just going to try and try again and live, live a, a good life. That, you know, the altar is where things go to die. In the olden days, they went and killed things. You, when you go to the altar, your whole life has to go. Your whole, the whole old me is gone and a, the new man is, is, is Jesus Christ in me. You know, it is no longer I that live, but Jesus Christ in me. And if you have Jesus Christ, you will not continue to sin, as the word says, you know. So if, if we just go up because we feel guilty and we, and we feel that shame, but at the end of the day, we only want to get rid of that shame and we don't want to give up, give up our whole entire lives, that's why you continue to fall in this trap of, oh, I repented, then I fall, then I repented in the fall. Only when you see the goodness of God and you begin to give your whole entire life to him and follow him, that's when there's true repentance. Yeah, no, and I definitely agree because that was definitely a big struggle um, for me specifically. Like, for um porn because i was saved before i had um like truly been given freedom from this addiction Mm -hmm. and that was always a hard thing for me to struggle with is how can i be saved and still dealing with sin but then somebody once told me that it's not the action of you no longer sinning that saved you but it it's your your, god's faithfulness to you and the love that he showed you that is your the gift from god and you having faith that he can save you, that is what saved you. The work of saving is not complete when you no longer sin. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Salvation is not a one-and-done thing, you know. It's uh, Alex, again, go back and listen to the um, podcast that we did with Alex Kirilchuk. I forgot what it was called. But he kind of explained that salvation, you know, the act that we all think of salvation is just the first step, you know, the forgiveness of our sins, the renewing of our heart, but then there's sanctification. And then there's one more S word that I forgot, but it's a process. It's the continual renewal of yourself. It's not, that's why the gospel is not just for, you know, new beginners or people who are, are not saved, but it's for all Christians because it is our means of life. It is the, our means of first off salvation, sanctification, purification, and ultimately until heaven, we are in desperate need for the gospel. But then we'll be with, in, in, with Christ and him and the, the word in the flesh, you know. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want, how, how you want to continue on. Um, so I don't know where we left off with that after we interrupted you kind of. I think you were going into, or at least this is a question that I have, is we kind of talked about, you know, giving your life up to God. What did that look like in your life, and how could we, you know, take an example from that, more practically speaking? Um, so a big problem with me is that I guess I had no desire to read the Word. I loved praying. I loved worshiping, and so many nights... I would just be in my like bedroom like praying and worshiping to God, but I had no desire to read his word. Um, but then I guess I just got I knew it was wrong, so I was just like, Lord, I'm like I'm disciplining myself to read your word, but it just feels like a chore, something off my checklist to get done just because I know that I have to do it. But I know that's not how it should be. So just give me this desire. And then I started to something that I fell in love with is the context of like books and chapters and how they were written, why they were written and who they were written to. Because when I started looking in that, I was just like, Lord, I was just like, everything you wrote, everything that was inspired by the Holy Spirit was perfectly written to the people that you were writing to. Even like during the Old Testament, I was like learning about like 
who the Old Testament was written to, mm-hmm. and it was written to like these ancient, um, ancient Near Eastern. That was like the civilization, and the way that it was written was so just perfect in the way that they would understand it perfectly. Like sometimes when I read the Old Testament, I was like, that's so random. Like why, like why, why is that there? Like that's not really like important. Like I understand the like, I understand the impact of it, but like that's like still it's just so random. But then I'm like researching, and I'm just like, wow. And it just that gave me a love like deep in my love for God and God's word and so then I just like dove in and I guess I've I've never stopped I just kept reading I was just like Lord praise God like like you are like everything you do is just so perfect and you you're just never changing like and so like just my awe of God and his like goodness and just like just how like amazing he is that's what gave me a desire to read God's word because before I think I had I guess like a little perverted um, view of who God was. And so when that changed, like my relationship with the Lord drastically changed. Mm -hmm. And then once I started reading the word, I grew closer to him. And that's when he truly began like transforming me inside and out. Like the way I acted started to change. My thoughts started to change. Like the words that came out of my mouth, like started to change. And yeah. I, w- I just have one question. I don't know if maybe you answered or touched on it already, but um, at one point, at what point did would you say that like okay, I I received freedom from Christ. And I no longer have that desire to you know, um, you know, watch pornography. I have no no longer have that desire to indulge in that sin anymore. What point did you say like all right, you know that Jesus has freed me? Um, I so I think the um point was at that prayer with Roman Lukomsky, that's when I knew my chains were broken. But for me, the desire never like disappeared until mm-hmm. a long while later. It was right. instead of like my desire, like I still had the desire, I still like had the temptations and stuff like that. But in that time, God chose, like taught me how to depend on him and taught me to choose him over the world. That's amazing. And yeah, that's the difference yeah. of like, you fighting on your own and now you have you're fighting with you know, Jesus is fighting mm-hmm. your battles for you that's awesome yeah and then during that time I remember um just really like I guess looking up to Apostle Paul as an example mm-hmm. because like all like Romans chapter 7 it like talks about like the war with the flesh and the spirit and how he does the things that he doesn't want to do and he doesn't do the things he wants to do and then he goes wretched man that I am who will free me from this body of death but thank God for like Jesus Christ and that like that's like pretty much what like my testimony is is that I still had to put in I guess like effort but it was effort towards my relationship with God yeah it was effort in seeking him and desiring him and choosing him over over like my lusts or um just like like the moment of pleasure Mm -hmm. and so that is what went through that's what i went through and then after that i just slowly like the temptations like slowly just stopped affecting me or if i was tempted i would just run to god i would run to his word i would um just be like devil flee from me and i would say that out loud and then i would pray or i would put on worship music or i would just go read my bible and that i was just continuously doing that to the point that it just 
like slowly just dissipated. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. As, as Victor said, like that's the process of sanctification. It's, you know, you like as you said, there's still those temptations and, and the devil still tries to attack. He's never going to stop attacking us as Christians, you know. But we have that strength in Jesus Christ. And um, that's that process of sanctification. As you, as you grow closer to Christ, you rely on him more and you realize every single day more and more that I need Jesus to fight my battles. I need Jesus to live this day. I need Jesus to not sin. And, um, and, and that's what adding into your relationship with Christ is. As you grow more in Christ, as you become more sanctified, um, you're able to resist those temptations and, and be free from sin. Yeah, I mean, Ariana, I don't know if you have anything else that you, kind of closing remarks that you wanted to share. I think, you know, just as an issue that affects so many Christians today and so many people of the church today, what is some advice, some words of encouragement that you'd give to people that were in your position? I would just say that you're not alone, especially to any girls out here who are struggling with this. Um... If you ever need anyone to talk to, I know it's scary, but the pastors, the pastors helped me a lot Mm -hmm. Um, through this time. They gave me a lot of encouragement. I did like confessions with them. And also, you can't save yourself. You will never be able to save yourself. And no matter what you think you can do to save you, it won't work. The only person who can save you is through Jesus Christ because of his death and resurrection. So the only place you can go to be freed is Christ. Amen. Yeah. And, um, you know, for people who who are struggling and have been through that process of falling and going back to the altar and falling and going back to the altar, um, do not give up. You know, do not give up hope and saying, you know, this this Christianity, this this faith is not for me and it doesn't work for me because, you know, there is freedom in Christ and Every single battle, every single thing that you deal with has already been won on the cross. And mm-hmm. as when Jesus said, it is finished, he said it is finished for the past, the present, and the future. Whatever sins you deal with now, whatever sins you deal with later, it is finished. Jesus Christ has won that battle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, just as the word says, submit yourselves to God, flee from the devil, or resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. You know, and as we realize that it's not, us trying and and trying to get rid of our guilt and trying to get rid of our sin on our own strength. You know, one thing my brother always says, the way I know that Jesus Christ did it is because I can't explain how it happened. There's no, you know, five-step process. There's no 10-step program that really gets you through sin. It's, it's, it's a long process. And for many people, it's, um, it's very hard and, and it's very discouraging at, at times. But there is freedom in Christ. We encourage you to run to Jesus Christ. That's the only source of hope. That's the only source of freedom and liberty from your sins. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to add to that. Ariana, if you want to say any closing remarks, or um, just a Bible verse that also helped me is the verse that goes, "A righteous man will fall seven times, but he will also get back up seven times." And so, no matter how far you have gone. The love of Christ knows no bounds, and grace knows no bounds, and he, he, he can still save you. Amen. God yeah. bless you guys, and we encourage you to you know, fight the good fight of faith. And um, God bless you guys until next time.